Hello, everyone. This is Reading with Finest. I am Finest. I'm reading Japanese myths today. The story that I'm reading from Japanese myths, well, this one is a doozy, so I'm going to try to say it right, but I may need my app here to help me out. But it's the Goblin of Adachigara. You know, I, I think I butchered that. I'm pretty sure I did. Sounds per the use, yeah? <clears throat> let's, uh, let's type it in here and see what they have to say. The app. Uh, why I'm typing that in. Witty banter. My life. Follow your dreams. Do everything you can do in life. Uh, follow me. Everything's just fine on Instagram. Now, maybe don't try to do everything you can in life because there's a lot of dark things and things that aren't really socially acceptable. But try, try things. Yeah. Try them. But nothing too sketchy. I don't, I don't, you know, this is hard to be telling people to try things. I don't want that blood on my hands. But at the same time, don't want the blood on my hands of you telling me, telling me, telling you to just sit there and do nothing all day? Hmm? Harachi. Y'all heard that? Harachi. Harachi. I'll, I'll, I'll muscle through it. Oh, well, we'll get it. Anyways, let's get the story started. Long, long ago. There was a large plane called Adachagara. Mm-hmm. You see that? In the province of Mutsu in Japan. This place was said to be haunted by a cannibal goblin who took the form of an old woman. From the time, from time to time, many travelers disappeared and were never heard of more. And the old woman round the charcoal braziers in the evenings and the girls washing the household rice at the wells in the mornings whispered dreadful stories of how the missing folk had been lured to the goblin's cottage and devoured for the goblin lived only on human flesh no one dared to venture near the haunted spot after sunset and all those who could avoided it Avoid it in the daytime, and travelers were warned of the dreaded place. One day, as the sun was setting, a priest came to the plain. He was belated, tra- he was belated traveler, and his robes showed that he was a Buddhist pilgrim, walking from shrine to shrine to pray for some blessing or to carve a crave for forgiveness of sins. He had apparently lost his way. And it, and as it was late, he met no one who could show him the road or warn him of the haunted spot. He had walked the whole day and was tired, now tired and hungry. And thus the evening were chilly, for it was late autumn. And he began to be very anxious to find some house where he could obtain a night's lodging. He found himself lost in the midst of the large plain and looked about in the vein of for some sign of human habitation. At last, wandering about for some hours, he saw a clump of trees in the distance, and through the trees he caught sight of the glimmer of a single ray of light. He explained ex- he exclaimed with joy, Oh, surely there that is some cottage where I can get a night's lodging. Keeping the light 
before his eyes, he dragged his worry aching feet as quickly as he could towards the spot that soon came to a miserable-looking little cottage. As he drew near, he saw that it was in a tumble-down condition. The bamboo fence was broken, and the weeds and grass pushed their way through the ga gaps. The paper screens, which serve as windows and doors in Japan, were full of holes, and the posts of the, the house were bent with age and seemed scarcely able to support the old thatched roof. The hut was open, and by the light of a lantern, an old woman sat industriously spinning. Wait, light? Okay. And by the light of an old lantern, an old woman sat industriously spinning. The pilgrim called to her across the bamboo fence and said, Oh, Basan, old woman. Good evening. I am a traveler. Please excuse me, but I have lost my way and do not know what to do, for I have nowhere to rest tonight. I beg you to be good enough to let me spend the night under your roof. The old woman, as soon as she heard herself spoken to, stopped spinning, rose from her seat and approached the intruder. Well, I think spinning is like making, like, like quilting or sewing it's not like spinning in a because that'd be scary because then i don't know if i could ask someone um that is looking for directions like someone spinning around i don't know if i could even like you know you're spinning around do you even know the directions of things do you know up from down anyways i am very sorry for you you must indeed be dis distressed to have lost your way in such a lonely spot so late at night unfortunately i cannot put up put you up for i have no bed to offer you and no accommodations whatsoever for a guest in the in this poor place oh that does not matter said the priest all i want is a shelter under some roof for the night and if you have if you will be good enough just to let me lie on the kitchen floor i shall be grateful i am too tired to walk further tonight so i hope you will not refuse me otherwise i shall have to sleep out in, on the cold plain and in this way, he pressed the old woman to let him stay. She seemed very reluctant, but at last she said, Very well, I will let you stay here. I can offer you a very poor welcome only, but come in now and I will make a fire, for the night is cold. The pilgrim was only too glad to do, do as he was told. He took off his sandals and entered the hut. The old woman then brought some sticks of wood and lit the fire and bade her guest drew near the, and warm her, himself. You must be hungry after a long tramp, said the old woman. I will go and cook some supper for you. She then went to the kitchen to cook some rice. After the priest had finished his supper, the old woman sat down by the fireplace and they talked together for a long time. The pilgrim thought to himself that he had been very lucky to come across such a kind hospitable woman old woman and i mean at last the old the wood gave out and as the fire died slowly down he began to shiver with cold just as he had be, uh, done when he arrived i see you are cold said the old woman i will go and gather some wood for you for we have used it all 
You must stay and take care of the house while I am gone. No, no, said the pilgrim. Let me go instead, for you are old and I cannot think of letting you go out, uh, go get wood for me this cold night. The woman shook her head and said, you must. I'm going with the, I know I haven't done voices now, but I, why not now? You must stay quietly here, for you are my guest. Then she left. And then she left him and went out. In a minute, she came back and said, you must sit here, sit where you are and not move. And whatever happens, don't go near or look into the inner room. Now, mind what I tell you. If you tell me not to go near the back room, of course I won't, said the priest. Said the priest, rather bewildered. The woman then went out again, and the priest was left alone. The fire had died out, and the only light in the hut was that of a dim lantern. For the first time that night, he began to feel that he was in a weird place. And the old woman's words, whatever you, whatever you, whatever you do, don't peep into the back room. Aroused his curiosity and his fears. What hidden things could be in that room that she did not wish him to see? For sometime the remembrance of his promise to the old woman kept him still, but at last he could no longer resist his curiosity to peep into the forbidden place. He got up and began to move slowly towards the back room. Then the thought that old woman would be very angry with him is if he disobeyed her made him come back to his place by the fireside. As the minutes went slowly by, the old woman did not return. He began to feel more and more frightened and to wonder what dreadful secret was in the room behind him. He must find out. She will not know that I have looked unless I tell her. I will just have a peep before she comes back, said the man to himself. Hmm. With these words, he got up on his feet, for he had been sitting all this time in Japanese fashion with his feet under him, and stealthily crept towards the forbidden spot. With trembling hands, he pushed back the sliding door and looked in. What he saw froze the blood in his veins. The room was full of dead men's bones, and the walls were splashed, and the floor was covered with human blood in the corner Skull upon skull rose up to the ceiling, and another was a heap of arm bones, and another a heap of leg bones. The sickening smell made him faint. He fell backwards with horror, and for some time lay in a heap with fright on the floor, a pitiful sight. He trembled all over, and his teeth chattered, and he could hardly crawl away from the dreadful spot. How horrible, he cried out. What an what awful din have I come to in my travels? May Buddha help me, or I am lost. It is possible that the kind old woman is really the cannibal goblin? Question mark. When she comes back, she will show herself. It her true character. It eat me up in one mouthful. Oh man. With these words, his strength came back to him, and snatching up his hat and staff, he rushed out of the house as fast as his legs could carry him. 
out into the night he ran as one thought to get as far as he could from the goblin's hunt. He had not gone far when he heard steps behind him and a voice crying, stop, stop. He ran on, redoubling his speed, pretending not to hear. As he ran, he heard the steps behind him come nearer and nearer. And at last, he recognized the old woman's voice, which grew louder and louder as she came near. Stop, stop. You wicked man. You wicked man. You did. Why did you look into the forbidden room? The priest quite quite forgot how tired he was, and his feet fl flew over the ground faster than ever. Fear gave him strength, for he knew that if the goblin caught him, he would soon be one of the victims, one of her victims. With all his heart, he repeated the prayer to Buddha. Nam abada butsu. Nam Amada Butsu, and after he rushed the dreadful old hag, and after he rushed the dreadful old hag, her hair flying in the wind, her hair, her her face changing with rage into the demon that she was. In her hand, she carried a large blood-stained knife, and she still shrieked for after him, "Stop! Stop!" At last, when the priest felt. He could run no more. The dawn broke, and with the darkness of night, the goblin vanished, and he was safe. The priest now knew that he had met the goblin of Adachigara, the story of whom he had often heard but never believed to be true. He felt that he owed his wonderful escape to the protection of Buddha, to whom he had prayed for help. So he took out his rosaries, and bowing his head, as the sun rose, he said his prayers and made his thank, uh, thanksgiving earnestly. He then set forward for another part of the country, only too glad to leave the haunted plain behind him. I love it. That was a good story. No one died, but it's okay. Um, the touch of almost death is good enough. You did get to see all the old previous deaths. So people did die. This I wasn't uh, around to, to read about it. Happened before my time, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I liked it. It was a good story to tell. It was a good, a good, a good story. Uh, I'm a fan. Thank you for listening to Reading with Finance. I'll be back tomorrow to read to you again. You know how that be. Uh, thanks. Enjoy yourself. Ba da ba da da ba da 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 ba da ba da 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 da